Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number. Proud to be part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 170, and today we will go through Saturday afternoon's disappointing trip to Salhurst Park. Try as we might, we just couldn't find the equaliser. Um, is the lack of a natural goal scorer going to be our eventual downfall? Are we going to be able to pick ourselves up for the final run before the World Cup? And a question that's been bothering me for a while now, um, has Prousey done enough to get on that plane with Southgate? We will also be previewing our home game against high-flying Newcastle. Can we take anything against them? All of these questions answered by the panel, which consists of the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton and Tim Bizantz. 
Firstly, Kevin, how are you and how has your week been in the UK? All right. Yeah, I'm being quite tiring. I've had quite a busy working week. I've been working from here too. And uh, yeah, not quite had as much free time as I would have hoped. But um, yeah, it's good to be here. I know what you're like. You're you're, you're a workaholic, Kevin. You never you never stop. Uh, You're always working. It's um, no rest for the wicked. Exactly. But yeah, how's how's the mood anyway in general? From a Saints point of view, I mean, going into this batch, we were sort of reassured that the rot had stopped, weren't we? Uh, We had sort sort of mini good run of form back out, out of the relegation zone as quick as we crept into it and um yeah i think you know we're out of that hot water that palace game yeah mixed bag really wasn't it well it was it was similar to recent weeks wasn't it because you just don't seem strong enough for the full 90 minutes of a game but then the second half we were much better much like the arsenal game ultimately we just weren't good enough which resulted in a very disappointing result and one Wow, I mean, one that we we were looking at to take something from. Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, this is the the one fixture after those three results that you think that we should be able to get something out of before the World Cup. We've got Newcastle and Liverpool, and that's it, isn't it? And uh, that cup tie, I think. That's right. Yeah, there's cup tie in between. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Newcastle and Liverpool are hard to beat. So, um, yeah. Well, I don't know. Think, Leeds don't seem to think so. Well, yeah, it's, it's a weird season, isn't it, this this season? It's very, um, very weird, yeah. A lot of weaker teams picking up points against stronger teams. Well, there's hope for us yet, then. Yeah, I mean, Forrest managing to pull off results and still be bottom of the table. It's, it's a very fun season. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tim, how have you been this week? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Just um, moving house and closing up a job and hoping to and starting a new one soon. And uh, in the move, you got it obviously packed, but then move cross country too. So uh, lots going on, and always just trying to stay proactive on it. And you're not stressing yourself out too much with the football. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of letting it, trying to let it ride, and know that hopefully somewhere, some way down the line, we'll be able to change our current setup or status, and just get ourselves where we need to be to not get relegated this year. 17th that's all we need to do that's all we need it's really really easy to focus on the result as a whole and say yeah okay we lost we lost 1-0 to Crystal Palace and you look at the Premier League table the the table doesn't lie and with Newcastle and Liverpool coming up just before the break you know you lose both of those and we're well we're in deep trouble aren't we really and it it just makes this Palace result even more of a punch in the gut but I don't know we, we still have to keep the faith and you know we've been in trouble before and we've been written off before and we've come through it so we can do this again. And, you know, as I said, Leeds went went to Anfield yesterday and took all the points. So there, there are, we still need to hang on to hope. We have to. I mean, there's no other choice, so we can't just, you know, get bogged down at all count. Exactly. Tim, is the break what we need right now? Yeah, absolutely. There's something that just needs to adjust and change. And for all of us, at least, who, and by all of us, I mean, everybody who's in the, the lower half of the table right now, uh, there are seven points separating between... Uh, 9th and 20th so keeping that there isn't any people that are pushing way beyond except for the traditional groups uh, so we just got to think what can we do and try to stop the rot and get some points going into the winter the holiday well not the holiday break the world cup break and hope for the best really yeah and Kev trying to take a positive spin from the world cup right a lot a lot of our players are going to be going you know I don't expect Velikoc up to make the squad. I don't expect James Ward-Prowse to make the squad. There's a, there's a lot of players that probably won't be going. There's not, I mean, they, they, all the players that are staying, it could benefit them. 
being around the club and maybe, you know, there was talk about them going to Miami for, for winter training. This could, this could, you know, prove to be positive in the end. I guess we'll only be able to talk in hindsight. Maybe it'll be another project restart. Uh, maybe it will just get worse for us. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yes. And if you would like to support our efforts uh, and help to keep the show ticking over, uh, then please consider donating uh, and head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Just the cost of a coffee or, or anything really will be very much appreciated. Um, you can also check out our membership and become a member if you wish. Um, so, yeah, go and check them out. We have to hit the ITN news then, fellas. Hit it. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news. We'll start with some. Well, I I think today we've got nothing but positive news to go through because the first bit of news uh, that popped up in the week is Romeo Lavia returning to training. Uh, Didn't quite make that Wednesday open training day, which was a a bit of a surprise because he was there for the Thursday sessions. um, uh, And actually he was included in the B team today as we take on Middlesbrough. We're actually playing in the second half right now. Uh, that that's massive, isn't it? Because, well, I mean, it seems odd that he wasn't ready yesterday, but he is today. What did you think of that, Kev? Maybe he just didn't fancy risking him and uh, the beatings, bit low intensity, sub him off, be fine. Yeah, it's, yeah, low intensity, get him straight back into to something like that. He's been training, he feels okay. But, I mean, his return can't come soon enough, could it? I mean, for himself, for the team, and, and for James Ward-Prowse, because Jacob Tanswell wrote a nice piece on The Athletic. I don't know if, if you've checked it out, but it's about his role since Lavia went down, and, and meaning that he's been playing as the deepest lying midfielder, which is costing us when we've got possession, because he kind of drops back into the back four sometimes. So... It, it could be massive for him coming back to him. We can see that his presence was made suited as there's been a drop off in Ward Prowse's form. Uh, seeing yet yeah, Tanzel's article really showed that all the the major metrics, Ward Prowse is less on this year. And that's because he might be having to do more of all the dirty work and all and all the coverage that Romeo was able to provide last year. So with Lavia coming into his own, really solidifying it and providing that six, uh, the DM approach, uh, allowed WordPress to get forward, at least in the first games. And we saw that significantly in the last couple games uh, right before Lavia got hurt. And we couldn't uh, hope for him to get back any quicker. And hopefully this B team uh, will give him the game time experience, which will allow us to be ready to go against Newcastle and have him back in the starting lineup. Yeah, four weeks training for him will will be absolutely fantastic. Such good news. And also uh, a bit of training possibly for Armel Belakotchap because he's progressing nicely and quicker than we we, we thought. He could be an option for Newcastle. Uh, That come out quick, yeah. yeah that came out in the week didn't it kevin you, you slid that article my way um i guess it will all depend on how he responds to training i'm guessing because you know they, there was talk about surgery but that's been shelved I, i'm thinking maybe it's because oh if he gets selected for the world cup then you know he's not going to have that surgery uh but i think he wants to give this training this week a go and see how he is and um, yeah, maybe on the bench for Newcastle. That is a bit of a surprise, Kevin. Yeah, I wasn't expecting him back this year, but um, I think it's definitely will give us uh, an option for Newcastle. I don't know what back to would you go with. If there's a question mark about whether he's fit enough, who would you play in the back to? I mean, if, to be honest, I don't see why we wouldn't stick with what we 
been going with. Maybe not straight away. I don't think. I mean, if you if you can keep him on the bench, uh, well, I mean that second half in that Crystal Palace game, uh, Gillette Zar looked a lot more comfortable, um, especially on mm. the ball. I don't think there's uh, there's any real panic back there just yet. The main issue is the right back role. But I mean, if he's fit enough for the bench, then yeah, maybe bring him on for the last like 20 minutes or so and see how he gets on and then play him. Definitely play him then in that Sheffield Wednesday game. Kevin, when, Wednesday, we went to the open training day. Uh, did yeah. You, did you enjoy yourself? I did. Yeah, it was a fun little day out. Um, your, your kids seem to enjoy it more than I expected. Yeah, me too. Because I kind of dragged them along. <laughs> that was fun to get, get a close look at. Um, yeah, we would we say like oh, um, about team selections. Like, well, we don't know what Ralph sees in training. Well, we got a little glimpse of what, what goes Wal- on. Walcott looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, Walcott looks another level. He got a hat trick, didn't he, at one point on that little uh, match at the end? Yeah, the mini That's match. Right, yeah. He got a hat trick. He was looking, Actually looking found sharp. Target. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, if he if he pulls off performances like that. Week in, week out. You, you kind of can't blame uh, Ralph for you know, keep, him, keeping him, him in the team, yeah. Yeah, at least on the bench. Yeah. Uh, Loneys, though, there's not a lot to go for in the Loneys. Um, they, they all played. They, they all won or lost. Uh, other than that, there was nothing really to report, apart from Simi, who picked up a yellow card. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> birthdays, then. We've had two, bir- two birthdays, actually, today. So, happy birthday to Neil Shipley. And Stern John. Yeah, Neil Shipley's birthday. How old is Neil Shipley and Stern John? Uh, are they both the same age? No, they're not, but they both share a birthday. There's two years apart. Um, So Shipley is 51. And Stern John yeah. is 49? 49 in that case, yeah. Uh, no, uh, Neil Shipley is uh, 48 and Stern John is 46. Oh, OK. So, yeah. Quite close, fairly close. You're quite it's good at that. It's been quite I'm a while close. since we mentioned Neil Shipley. We normally make, we used to make uh, inappropriate jokes about him. <laughs> well, we can always do that still. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I love the inappropriate joke and all that, but yeah. <laughs> B team then, uh, playing Middlesbrough today, as we just mentioned. Uh, that was a 12 p.m. kickoff. They're deep into the second half now. Uh, big news from that game was that Lavia starts, as we've said. Uh, but also McCarthy, Lewis Payne, Juan Larios, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Seiku Mara, Theo Walcott, captain in the side, Musa Gineppo and Samuel Adozi, all in that starting lineup for the B team. Doesn't seem really? fair, does it? Yeah, yeah, all, all of them making the, the team today. So. And Maitland-Niles is pulling a double as well, played yesterday. Well, well if it's good enough for Leeds. Then... Yeah, Leeds did it against us, didn't they? Then they had uh, Bamford playing um, and all that, just coming back out of injury. But yeah, women's, the women's then, uh, they're playing right now as well. At St Mary's against Sunderland, uh, it's a 12pm kickoff. Um, I don't know the score. It was nil-nil at half time because I was watching a little bit of it. One-nil. They won one-nil. Second half goal from Ella Pusey. Alapuzzi again. Ah, nice. Good stuff. Uh, and their next game is on Wednesday, the 2nd of November, against Coventry United, and that is at St Mary's. Uh, Under-18s, then. They played Leicester away yesterday, Saturday the 29th of October, and, and they won 6-1. So that was that was a fantastic win. Wow. Uh, goals from Will Merry, uh, Captain Jem Hewlett, Cammy Doyle with a brace, and a brace for Sam Amu Amiyar. So that was a much-needed win. I think it was their first of the season. Let's take them off the bottom into 11th now on five points. So, yeah, and their next match is on Saturday, the 5th of November against Everton away. And that's the under 18 League Cup. OK, so that's all the news. Uh, and now we have to go into this Crystal Palace game then. 
Uh, Ralph's 150th game, by the way. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know. Kind of snuck up that one, didn't it? Uh, so, yeah, we went in unbeaten uh, in three. Positive results against West Ham, Bournemouth and Arsenal. Uh, hoping that we've you know ridden the worst times and they're all behind us. Still riding that injury crisis, though, because Kyle Walker-Peters obviously missing still. Uh, another tough day with a makeshift back line. Kev, Ainsley Maitland-Niles was available again, but Ralph decided to stick with what worked against Arsenal uh, and confident that we could do something, I guess. Um, just made that one change, uh, Che Adams in for Adam Armstrong. But yeah, what were your thoughts on this lineup pre-game? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we've got the problem at right back that's not going to solve itself anytime soon. He's gone for that favoured option of uh, playing Nianko on the right. To, to um, me, why couldn't he play Maitland-Niles back there? Um, I mean, we, we mentioned this last week in Tim's preview, and Tim said that he was going to go with Nianko there. And I said, I think he might go with Maitland-Niles because he can, and he's played right back. So I don't see the... I, I, I don't know why he didn't do it, to be honest. Yeah, um, but you know, I think there's a more pressing gap in our midfield for Maitland-Niles to fill rather than the <laughs> right back. Yeah, but there wasn't pre-game, was there? You thought Diallo could do the job. Uh, yeah, um, his form has been, you know, inconsistent, shall we say. A bit like the team, yeah. Yeah. But you were, you were happy with the 11 then? Um, as I, yeah, like I said, happy as you, you can be. Uh, yes, just to, again, another weird fullback situation. If Perot gets injured, then, then we're completely fucked up. Well, you got Larios still there. Yeah. But it's very, yeah, it's very, quite, very young. young. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim, Ralph was really, really coy pre-game about how he was going to shape up. Uh, but what was clear was that Lianco would have a job to do on Wilf Sahar. Uh, and used him at right back. Yeah, there was a that's a hot-headed matchup. If we, if we definitely saw that in the first half, uh, Lianco. <laughs> yeah. So with Perot and then Lianco, what ended up happening was is Lianco did not do as many overlaps that you would traditionally see with Walker Peters. So it allowed Perot to go free, and knowing that, and Lianco did not go forward all too often. Um, he, he did occasionally when he needed, but it slot, slotted more into that kind of a back three uh, when we had the ball and especially in the back. So a lot, and Pro just went just went up and made overlap runs. Mm. Uh, so to me, it it made sense, and I think that was the the idea that if it's a back four with Pro when when we without the ball, back three with the ball, and it, it, I I think he always wanted to keep it because he wanted to keep continuity and. Ultimately, it didn't work out, but... Um... No, especially not in that first half. It didn't work whatsoever. Lianco was guilty of, like, wrestling him quite a bit. Picked up a booking. Probably could have had another one, if I'm being honest. But, yeah, uh, second half seemed to, to ease off a little bit. But, yeah, that first half was a bit of a disaster, really, wasn't it? It didn't look good. No, it did not, it did not look good at all for them. Uh, and just looking at it, seeing it, was it the right setup? Was it the right formation? I think we saw that it going into the second half, whatever adjustments were made were correct. So mm-hmm. I felt a lot more comfortable in the second half. But once again, you're only playing 45 minutes of good of good football. That's not enough. You got to play 90. Exactly. And we yeah. put ourselves 1-0 in a hole down, and then we can talk about the second half uh, and the lack of clinical scoring here <laughs> shortly. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll get to that. But um, the, the start, Kev, uh, we, we had a quite a good start, actually, I thought, because we pressed and got a corner straight away, but then Palace turned it around really quickly, turned around quicker than a pair of Kevin's pants. But <laughs> th- this... 
back line clearly struggling and Diallo too, because he was just looking out of place that entire first half. Yeah, I mean, it's not really much a surprise that uh, the first half was a complete mess. I mean, because the, the formation itself is a bit of a mess. Like, is it, um, transitioning from like, yeah, three to four at the back and then um, Perot getting forward, um, and you see getting, getting forward. Uh, Diallo hanging back, Ward Prowse here and there, you know, Revo up, up with Adams. It is just it's just complete mess. But yeah, the first few minutes, we always seem to have a, a chance right out of the gate, and then it just quickly goes to shit. But yeah, it was a, it was a good corner that Perot forced, and it could have had a goal straight away from Oyunusi's header. Yeah, actually, now you said that, my stream was. Um, do you ever get these streams that kind of like repeat themselves? Yes. Yeah. Mine did that with the corner, and I thought we had three corners. And then I realised <laughs> that it was repeating itself, and I was like, oh, so it was just one corner. I thought the commentator's saying the same thing. Nothing's changing here. <laughs> it took me a while to realise, but yeah. <laughs> we played Spurs early on our last season, and we conceded basically the same goal three times. I was convinced that that had happened to me then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that actually did happen. <laughs> but, but that actually did happen. I was refreshing. Like, oh fuck! <laughs> oh, it says it says two nil, three nil now. Oh my god! Oh, oh, yeah. Guys, lots of people saying that after the game that we need a, we need a new goal scorer. Oh, we need a goal scorer really. Uh, someone who is is almost guaranteed a goal when he's got the ball in the box, and and Che isn't the main man for that. I mean, he, he needs somebody up there with him. I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's not. Know, I mean, it's not news though, because during the window we we said that we needed to bring someone in, didn't we? I said we said it was essential, yeah. and we haven't got that. We brought in Mara. Oh, forgive me, because he's that clinical goal scorer, isn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. He was banging in twenty a season in the league and last season, wasn't he? Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird. I think you know all other positions. I think that's why we got an experienced centre back that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, a load of uh, you know talented young wingers from Man City. Yeah, obviously playing understudy to the main team, right? But Yeah, Maitland-Niles is a decent loan deal. That makes perfect sense. And a great squad um, player. A great squad player, yeah, very versatile. Um, but yeah, the one thing we're lacking is a proven goal scorer. And I don't really understand why um, the new owners weren't willing to, to splash out on, you know, pay the money that's needed to get a proven goal scorer in because, you know, promising talents, we can have as many of them as we want, but they're, exactly, they're not going to yeah. get the goals this season. You know, we're looking two, three years ahead. It's fine. You know, get them in, but you need someone who's going to fill basically Danny Ings's boots that haven't been filled for the last couple of seasons. So. Well, I mean, bro, you're excluding because obviously it was a loan deal, but yeah, and this is going to be the downfall, isn't it? You can't score goals in this division, then you are going to go down or come close to it. Not enough goals. And, um, but with our team, it's kind of like there's a sense of spreading the goals around. You can see because a lot of them are, are notching goals here and there. Uh, che obviously leads the team with five goals in all competition. But uh, guys, I just want to go through his chances in this game and we, we'll kind of rate them and then think like, you know, we, we, could, we, could we do better with the players that we've had recently? So I'll take a look at the first chance that he had. The first one, when he hit the post, OK, it was offside, but I'm going to include this anyway, because... That was a lovely effort, right? He did. It was all his own work. He cut cut inside of Anderson, I think it was, and he curled a shot, and it, it smacks the base of the post. Yes, I, I mentioned it was offside anyway, but 
you look at the strikers that we've had over the last couple of years, Armando Brogier and you've got Danny Ings, and would they have done any better with that? No, I don't think they would have done. That was that was not what he's being judged on, right? That's that that's a great chance created and almost taken. That was his best effort all match. Yeah, unfortunate that slightly mistimed the run and yeah, just just shy of going in the net. Still want the player to finish the goal when he's offsides because that only then will construe confidence going into the next going into the next chance that and he, he gets. didn't realize he was offside when he struck that ball he had no idea yeah which is which is totally fine so but you know once again i think that's probably the one thing that we're gonna we can knock che on consistently now for a while is his ability to be clinical on the box and when it truly needs to happen that so was not me, one of them, though, I don't think. That was something that, yeah, he made himself and he created it mm-hmm. himself and, 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 and tried to take the chance. That was fine. But yeah. the, the, the second one. Um, oh, my. The, oh I my. mean, <laughs> Ward Prowse like, slides this great pass for Ito Adams and he's one on one and he's kicked it straight at Guaita. And that that's a really bad miss. But, Kevin, what I will say, the build up, he holds off Anderson and he does a little give and go and he's in the space. He did everything perfectly up until that shot. And that just emphasizes my point of him needing to play off of somebody else. And that person doesn't exist at the moment because Ings or Broya both would have finished that one, right? Yeah, I'm more clinical goal scorer. I mean, I, I want to ask the question, do you think, is is he unlucky or is it just a matter of making your own luck with these sort of things? I think he's a confidence player. I think if Saints are middle, uh, in the middle of the road, like 10th, 11th in the league, um, and they're scoring a lot of goals for fun. Then I think he's got he's got goals in him. He he thinks about it more. It's more of a um, composure thing, isn't it? And I think that comes with his confidence. Decision making just comes out of his confidence. Well, I mean, taking a look at the third one, he was on the penalty spot. That was a perfect pass from Arebo as well. Because but you know, and he snaps his shot straight at Guaita. Lack of composure. But once again, like I said. The build-up was great. The, a great pass, great movement to get into the right position. On another day, if he has confidence, I think he gets that. And I think maybe he's feeling the pressure a little bit because almost every game is a must-win for Saints. You get the ball at your feet and you kind of panic a little bit. There's no composure there. And he thinks, Chris, I need this. And, you know, snaps it. And he's just becoming yeah. wasteful. I just, I, I yeah, I'm not... I just think we need him in the team for everything that he does, because in all three of those those chances that he, he missed, he did well. He did everything that he possibly should do, apart from the final bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his, his, his effort's in there. Um, yeah. He's got, got the athleticism and the strength. And he, he I don't know, he's been a bit more consistent. Bro just sort of um, started off amazingly, didn't he, last season? And just, just tailed off. Shea's Slips been away. Yeah. at least consistent in what he does. That's true, yeah. But, you know, you look at his match on the whole and he was wasteful. It was a wasteful yeah. day for him. And it was, it was, I mean, with the chances he had, he should have at least put one on. I don't know what his XG was, but I'm guessing it was more than the Palace team put together. But, you know, it, like I said, if Saints are playing well, and he finishes those. On another day, we score all of those and we have a comfortable win. <laughs> or do we get a new striker to fill that fill that role? What do you think? Oh, God, I mean, you want to keep Adams in the team. Right? Yeah, ideally, you want Adams and yeah, our that's my imaginary, point. you know, number nine. So this is a game that is going to be defined by three individual moments. One of which was Lianko getting picked by Zaha, which led to the goal. And then the next two are the missed chances that he had. So in 
an appropriate fashion if we had that clinical goal score. And I, I said it in our Discord group, if we had Danny Ings, one of those two is guaranteed to go in. And I think that is just the, the problem. Everything you said about Adams doing everything else except for that makes a whole lot of sense. And to me, looking at those chances, the first one is way worse than the second one. So the first one itself was he it was a one on one with the keeper and the keeper was rushing and it literally hit him in his lower half. So Guiado went down and the way that his positioning was and where he shot it, even me as a, like a recreational keeper, basically seeing your shot, you shot it right at the keeper. You didn't even make a challenge on the place. It was just piss poor uh, location. And I was really upset with that. You had time to dummy him. Yeah. Yeah. You had time. time. Or you you chip or you go and you aim for the corner. You're aiming at least more at an angle on the, to a corner, but they shot it right at him. You're not going to go. It's your better bet is not to go through the keeper's legs. It's not going to always happen like that. So the second chance, at least, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So the second, so the well, and when Bazuna, uh, when he let the goal in, the idea was he wanted to get as big as possible and get it as quick as possible. So he just tried to make he starfished himself and put him out in all five appendages and just tried to hopefully uh, would have hit that and it didn't. Um, but the second one, he had a cross where the Rebo made the right play and Adams actually was a part of the buildup in it too. Yeah, yeah. He did and he did go cross. Uh, he did go cross body. He did go angle, but. Once again, poor finishing, and it went in. Guiada didn't have to even reach outside of his normal uh, arm length. He didn't have to make a dive. If he had to make a dive going beyond his normal length, then that's then that's positive for Guiada, but not for Adams. It was just terrible, and yeah. I found I found it. If we, I'm going to look back at this game and say, if we are you know going to get relegated by one point, or we're you know nervy because we didn't do it. I think we should have gotten a point out of this game, and this is going to be one of like you got to beat these players at this level, these teams at this level. You're not going to necessarily go and beat uh, Manchester United or Manchester City. That's not expected. If you get any points from it, great. But you have to challenge. You have to get results against Crystal Palace, and shit like this is going to get us relegated. Okay, if that if those chances fall to anybody else on the pitch at that time, who else would you want to take that shot? There wouldn't really be many, would there? Yeah, I mean, this is the problem, isn't Stu? it? We don't have a finisher. Stu or Rebo. Hit the post, yeah. There's not many, my point is there's not many people on the field that it falls to in a position like that that you wouldn't trust more than, than Che. He's the man to yeah. do that, really. That's what he gets paid to do at the end of the day. Precisely. Yeah, the rest of that second half, I mean, sorry, the rest of the first half, they, they Palace continued to press and stretch us. It looked like that we were playing with 10 men at times. It looked that easy for them, and... I think uh, Eze had an effort that was uh, was close, um, but then you know Edouard had the ball in the net, and that, that was that was offside. But you know they were able to to move through our midfield with ease, um, and I think yeah. he was offside more by luck than judgment because Perot just wasn't quick enough there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean it was. I, I don't know. Did, did did I misremember? But I thought we, they had the goal in the net three times in the first half. Um, I thought it was only twice. Oh, okay. Unless your stream went. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe my stream went. Anyway, uh, then uh, Palace did have the got uh, the ball in the net, and it was and it was coming, and it was Lianco, wasn't it? Weak there, and you know he knows that was his fault, and he Zaha easily strips him of possession, and then the rest is easy. 
Edouard with a with a with a little tap here. Yeah, I mean, so off the, off the back of an early yellow card on Lianco, which I suppose had to calm him down a little bit. I mean, you he had another foul in later on, didn't he? That he almost got sent off for. But, yeah, um, yeah, that that certainly didn't help. But no. yeah, just way way too easily mugged off. Yeah, that's poor. Um, that's poor judgment. Yeah, yeah and, and Tim, Tim, the first half was dogged by those bad tackles, the lack of movement, giving away possession, and just dodgy defending in general. There was yellow cards. I think Lianco and Salisi were both booked in the first half. Lianco looked out of his depth. Um, it's quite hard to believe that we finished this game with 11 men because, you know, he, he's certainly no right back, is he? Yeah, he's not a right back. And I think, though, he finally settled in the second half. Uh, obviously, he got picked in the air leading to the goal in the, in the first half. But there was one right chance that Zaha had in the second half where Lianco gave him so much space leading in. Zaha brought it in and he gave him so much space. And then eventually... Lianco just took the right step and he was able to secure and get and that knock the ball off of the corner. That was brilliant. I was yeah. I wondered what I he was, was doing. Like, Holy shit. Yeah, I was like, I'm why like, are you giving him it down the left hand side? He's got so much space there. What are you doing? And then he made a perfect tackle, didn't he? And he made a oh it was like, okay, thank you. I nice see. job. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I see what you were doing there. You were <laughs> you were you were you were baiting him. You knew, be- you knew, you knew better than what most of the, you know, fans watching the game were saying, because we're like, oh my God, he's gonna, he, you know, he's just gonna cross body him, and, uh, you know, it's gonna be the goal in the opposite corner, and we're down to zero. But he made, he, he, that first step that he, he kept going back, he back trailed, and then eventually that one step, great defensive play. I'm pleasantly surprised, and <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, convinced I mean, that he was kind of like unaware of his surroundings or thought thought he was still playing centre-back and didn't realise that he was the one that was furthest right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then thought, oh, hold on, and then just made the tackle. But yeah, either way, it worked out. Yeah, either way, it worked out. Um, I thought uh, uh, Chaleta Sar was a bit grabby again. Yeah. I thought there was like, some chances that he could have gotten beat, and that would be more so the Elise, the Eze, the Zaha versus um, Edward. Um, because Edward's more of that uh, target man number nine up top, where you've got those flare players in the three that I just mentioned. Um, so I thought he, I want to say there there hasn't been a true error leading to a, a goal uh, from Chalatasar. That's probably the only thing that's his, I want to say his saving grace right now. But I hopefully he can up his game a little bit more. And I do think that uh, Belakachev will come back in for him once he's up and healthy. As soon as he's 100% healthy, I, I completely agree. Kevin, ha- half time, Palace just edged the possession, which I guess in a way is kind of more worrying because we did see lots of the ball, but we just failed to do anything with it, failed to move it. We had four total shots and none of them on target. Um, and Palace managed nine with three of theirs on target. Not threatening at all. But the stat that really grabbed me was Palace had 204 passes and we had 200. That might as well be equal, but what in the how did we do with our passes compared to them? Fluff them. I mean, what's what's our, our passing percentages like? Um, I don't know the percentages, but yeah, it must, it must be low. But they, they were putting uh, passes through the middle. We were resulting to long balls and then losing possession. They were going right through the middle of um, Diallo because he he was struggling all over the place. I mean, as a as a and Schlup just controlled him and he couldn't handle that. He had three fouls inside 20 minutes. And yeah, just 
just about as much use as a condom machine in the Vatican. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he definitely was a liability. Um, just, uh, yeah, poor both in and out of possession, losing the ball way too easily. Um, it just, yeah, it just seems totally out of his depth. And uh, I just couldn't wait for half time because uh, I was convinced. Well, I mean, you never know with Ralph, but um, yeah, I was convinced <laughs> no. that he was going to be subbed subbed off at half time. But yeah, he did change it at the half. Maitland Niles comes in and we played so much better. You know, do you know what, Kev? There were moments that I was actually enjoying watching us play. Yeah. I didn't yeah, want it to end. Was, this is great. Yeah. As the second half wore on, with the play improved, I thought. And I thought it was mm. coming. I thought the equaliser was going to happen. Um, Maitland Niles was looking more and more comfortable, I thought. He was pressing. He was winning balls in the middle. Um, something we weren't doing in the first half. I'm moving the ball to Armstrong, who forced that save from Guaita. That was a great save because looking at it at first, I thought, you know, you, you shouldn't get beat at your, at your near post like that. But Armstrong hit it so well, and that was going in. And that, that was a fantastic save, I thought, from um, from Guaita. Mm, yeah, I mean, a few great saves. I mean, he definitely kept Palace in it. Yeah, we were much more confident in that second half. Yeah, Armstrong at the post as well from a similar angle. That was unlucky because that was going to beat him. But the, the chances were coming, weren't they? And there was a real effort out yeah. there, I thought. And you can't like, you can't say that they weren't trying. But it's no, just... You, you I'd like to say Adams, again, twice straight at the keeper. Um, yeah. Stu hitting the post and the keeper. Um, yeah, we need to be a, a bit more clinical in front of the goal. Uh, but the pressing was better, I thought, as well. There was yeah. no dropping off. There was more urgency. Uh, Elianusi forced a mistake out of Tariq Mitchell. Uh, and then that that was the chance that that Che squandered. I know which one you say, but yeah, the the the, the best chance. Lianco Le- on Zaha in the second half, Tim. You, you you mentioned that you thought it was better. Yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant. We we talked about that uh, that chance that he, he he stopped from Zaha down the left. Uh, got some wild time tackles in there as well. He continued to manhandle him without picking up another yellow card though. So he was managing Zaha a lot better in that second half. Yeah, absolutely. And then eventually uh, as they went off in the 60th minute, I think that only helped yeah. us uh, when it came to solidifying uh, the team. Strange. And then also when Edward went off too, uh, we're looking at uh, the 75th minute, it, it would put Zaha up top, which then put... At least he went off put, as well, didn't he? Yeah, at least, but he went off in the 86. Oh yeah, he, that was that was fun. I mean, that's not that's not enough to make a huge difference. But Edward, the last 15 though, um, with Edward off, Zilletta and Chilitasar didn't is the only one without a yellow card. So if you have to, he takes the, he takes the yellow and takes him down outside the box if he needs to. But um, really, when that when Eze went off, it was I saw less of a threat because I don't think Jordan Ayu is much of a threat. Um, and, and he's one of those. Well, he scored against us last season. Yeah. Well, no, I say <laughs> that and I should eat my own words. So <laughs> no, I get you. I get it. I'm much, I think the, the whole back four, three, five, whatever you, where you look at it, it was um, more comfortable second half in general. Uh, the substitutions had helped bringing, um, uh, are you on? Yeah. He, he's no bother. He's no bother. He's no Zaha. Yeah. I mean, that, that, Front four, I mean, that would strike fear in any defence, I think. Zaha, Eze, Elise, Edward, if they're playing like they were playing. Oh, well, and even um, uh, Schlup as well. Yeah, yeah. Schlup, Milivojevic. Yeah, they've got yeah, it's a decent decent size and they're playing well. They're, um, they're, they're tough and they're young, mostly. Uh, quick. There's, there's talk athletic, about, yeah. uh, about Eze being called up to the England squad as well. 
um, which is something that I've never really thought of before. But that could be an option. As he was eligible. Yeah, yeah, born in born in England, hmm. so that that could be. Yeah, why not? He's playing better than Grealish. um but yeah not enough in the end one nil loss uh just makes these next two games so important doesn't it and and Leeds winning us slipping down the table to 17th now do we have to start watching Leicester Wolves and Forest please don't make me (laughs) only when we're playing them um I've got I've got a question for you uh that we mentioned at the top of the show James Ward-Prowse now all of us Saints fans uh, have said this for a while that he hasn't been his, at his best this season and we mentioned that news article from uh, from Jacob Tanswell for The Athletic and his involvement how, how Lavia's absence has affected him and the way he likes to play but yeah I, I think I mean Tim you brought this up as well uh, Romeo also the, the deep lying role that, and the cover that he provided has definitely affected him because those two had such a great relationship uh, and understanding it, it, it takes time to build up doesn't it and the bite size that we've seen from Lavia and him um, it just hasn't been enough yet. But second half, I think he got forward a little bit more. Uh, it proved a little bit more effective. And I, d- I just think that most opposing fans, even the commentators, are praising Ward Prowse still for his previous season's efforts. And that he's kind of like living off of them still. But now I'm feeling that they're starting to change and he's starting to notice that, that his lack of form this season. And this can only hinder his chances of, of that England squad. Both of you guys, I want to ask this question. If Southgate names his team... Right now for the World Cup, does, does James Ward-Prowse get in? Well, he can play right back, so <laughs> there's a little bit more of a shot. If he can play right back, playing. why didn't he play there yesterday? Then? That's a very good so point. Yeah, I want to Lars yeah. Diallo and to JWP right back. Yeah, he might as well. Yeah. He's been so defensive this season anyway. Looking at his formation, uh, with so you've got four center mids. So you've got Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice, Jordan Henderson, and that fourth one has somewhat been Calvin Phillips, but he's been out injured. So who else is that? You know, who else slides in there? We don't know. I, I think that it's a, I, it's a 50-50 shot, and if I had a guess, it, I would also say no. But, I mean, if you look at it from a point of view that, that we don't have that free kick taker, and yes, he can take a penalty, is that going to be enough to get him in on that alone? We, we know that, that uh, it didn't happen... In the Euros, did it? It didn't happen in the last World Cup. It wasn't enough for him to get into the team. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't, really don't know what what, it what it'll be like. But really, he hasn't featured in the build-up to it either. No, and his, his set pieces have been lacking this season. His corners haven't. I mean, we haven't scored from a corner, have we? Uh, forgive me, but I don't think we have. I think we've even had a real real chance from a set piece this season. No, no, we've had a the, the Che Adams goal against Bournemouth was a, a cross from uh, Perro, wasn't it? So yeah, that wasn't even a Prowse one. Salisu long throw as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that doesn't count. No, so yeah, I'm I'm with you, gents. I don't think that he's done enough this year. And if Southgate was serious and saying that he he picks his players on on form rather than name, then he has to stand by that and say, no, he hasn't been good enough. And you watch, Calvin Phillips will come in to the squad with one leg. <laughs> um, yeah, some stats, Kev. Do you have any stats? Possession, 56%. We dominated possession. Um, yeah, yeah, 14 shots for, for us, 12 for them. Uh, we had four on target to their three. Um, Palace had eight corners, we had four. Uh, and Ralph had said post-game that, you know, when you don't score a goal... It is not a fair result because this is what was the difference today. They did it once and we definitely had the bigger chances, but we didn't score. That's the reason we lost this game today. And Ralph was, was behind his players. I saw his interview on Match of the Day as well. And he said, you know, we win together and we lose together, which is fair enough. 
Um, th- this loss, for me, it wasn't on Ralph. You can blame the, the first half inclusion of Diallo all you want, but nobody was complaining about it before the game. Uh, the, the injuries that he's having to deal with at the back, and, you know, when you look at Palace's front five, then, you know, they were looking good in the first half. He had to do something about it, and he did. Uh, there was no lack of effort in that second half as well. It just didn't come. And I think his halftime team talk was one of those occasions where it did seem to work. It did do the trick somewhat. Um, it's not Ralph's fault that Guaita was good and that Armstrong hit the post and Adams couldn't take his chances. But, you know, we lost and we lost a game that we can't afford to lose, though. That's that's the way it is. Yeah. And he, he reacted. He, you know, he saw the, the, the problem with Diallo, solved that. Um, mm. uh, we can't say that he's he doesn't have in-game management. Uh, he's doing this just yeah on the on the pitch. The players that were there didn't do enough. The, it goes down to the three individual plays that I mentioned. The uncle getting picked and two chances that Adams um, missed. So to me, I think a draw would have been a fair result based on the way, the second half performance. But it, we didn't get anything from it, and now we are sitting precariously close to relegation spots and hoping if we are better than three other teams in the league. <laughs> It's a bad way to look at it. It's just a tragic, tragic way to look at it. This is going to be a difficult question for you both, but who's your man of the match? Kevin, I'll start with you. Christ. Um, it is tough, isn't it? Um, but, uh, so not not Lianco, um, not Diallo. <laughs> not Diallo. <laughs> your man of the match is not Diallo. <laughs> Anyone who's not Diallo. <laughs> yeah, Reaper was positive. Zuni pulled off Sayo to Yeah, Che put the effort in. Came out of an unlucky or poor judgment. Salisu, fairly solid at back. I think do du- Duye and uh, Salisu are decent pairing at back. I'm I'm gonna give it to Salisu. No one really stood out, but there are three players that um at least for me felt like I had a positive performance. Uh Salisu was one, Aribo was two, and Bazuna was three. Um, what can you do more about it? I didn't, you know, I didn't think there was anything outsta- outstanding that uh, Bazunu had to do to separate. Uh, Aribo did the dirty work like he does most of the time, and then Salisu, I think, was it, it has been the linchpin this season. While he hasn't in that super duper excellent form that he had for a few se- a few a few games in a row there last season, he has stepped up and gotten back to his very above average positive game and clearances. Um, the ability to control and be involved in the play and being able to press high when necessary uh, for players receiving the ball in that fi- that right in that middle third to final third barrier. Uh, so I'll take Salisu. Okay. Um, yeah, like Tim said, not many standouts. So it was a really, really difficult one. And I was like you, Kev, I was going, but I was just going for the whole team thinking like, what, what did they do to stand out? I'm surprised that none of you mentioned Stuart Armstrong because he Stuart, did have yeah. Yeah, a couple of really, really, really good chances. Not not even real good chances. He just made the most of them, and they they were good. But and this is not about crapping on Diallo by any by any means. It's just I'm going to give it to Angelie Maitland Niles because I know he only played 45 minutes, but the sole purpose of the game, the sole reason that the game had changed, was when he came on. Um, and I just think, you know, okay, that was probably tactics as well, but I don't think he had a bad game at all. And I just think from what he did, I was watching I was watching him individually, and I thought he stood out. So I'm going to give it to uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles for me, the man of the 45. It doesn't get any easier, does it? Because next week, Sunday, the 6th of November, 2 p.m. at St. Mary's, we've got Newcastle United, um, and that is on Sky Sports. Uh, biggest wins at home against Newcastle then. Uh, we had a 4-1 win uh, in the League Cup in 1968. 
long time ago, that one. Um, we had another 4-1 win in 1986. We had a 4-2 win in 1999. I remember that one. Um, and then we had back-to-back wins, back-to-back 4-0 wins uh, in 2014. So one of them was in March, one of them was in September, so across two different seasons. That was fantastic. Uh, I remember them too. Uh, the last five then against them at St. Mary's. So we drawn, drawn, lost, one, lost. So that's five points from, from the last 15, from a possible 15. Uh, head to head, Saints have won 38. Newcastle, how many have Newcastle won overall, Kev? If Saints have won 38, how many have Newcastle won? 40. Yeah, very close. 42. So Saints have won 38, Newcastle have won 42, and we have drawn 24. Tim. Here we go then. How do we stop them? Because they're having a good one. Uh, j- just the one loss, and that was at Anfield, I think. Yeah, very difficult to beat, it seems. Uh, they've had three wins in a row, and then a big win against Villa on Saturday. Uh, Callum Wilson scoring, and Miguel Almiron uh, playing the best I've ever seen, because I-, I was convinced that he was a flop for a couple of years, and seems to be picking it up a lot now. And he's got seven goals in all competitions this season. Um, scored again yesterday, I, I believe. Uh, and they're sitting, in, uh, they're sitting pretty at fourth at the moment. Are we seriously considering them for a Champions League spot? I think we should be consider seriously considering them for a Europa League spot at this point. But is it serious for Champions League? They they continue their current form. They're sitting in fourth. There's no reason to be unrealistic. Um, I think that they remind me of West Ham last year in that they are. I want to say the you know they're not they're not the top tier six you know they're not the top six teams but they've been playing fantastic and they've been continually building into uh, a strong team here. So crazy to think about, but the easiest way that we can stop Newcastle is to crash the Saudi Arabian economy and so that the PIF <laughs> that it funds them goes downhill completely and they have to sell off all of their players before the next week just in order to you know keep themselves afloat. That's going to be the best. What we way just to do have it. to think up is an instant um, substitution oil. Yeah, well, that's easier said than done, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so looking at looking back at the Villa game they just played against, um, they ran a four-three-three formation that Eddie Howe has just really taken uh, taken a hold and had a, a solid uh, actual name that they can truly name as a starting eleven. They're playing above what their talent talent has. Sure. So a few players that are really solidifying things. Fabian Schar is really like coming into his own. He's been absolutely fantastic. Kieran Chirpier has really came in and solidified and, you know, created himself as that captain and a strong, uh, strong team player. Uh, Bruno Gimaresh is a, is a stud. And then you got players who have really stepped up from you Dan said Joe Burn, Linton. Stepped up. Yeah. yeah jo- Dan Byrne, Joe Linton, uh, Miguel Amaron, Miggy he came over from Atlanta United here in, in the U.S. and MLS. And he hasn't been as good, but he has been now. And then mm. you've got Callum Wilson, uh, which, uh, I mean, he's just—he's always been a clinical finisher. He's a ball for each That's what he is. Yeah, well, he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's hitting them home. And no, I, really I like—I well like Callum Wilson. I think he's a good player. Well, I also think that, and we talked about you know getting Chris Wood into the squad. Chris Wood had a bio clause of 25 million pounds, and Newcastle paid it because they thought that it's going to not only help them because they needed it last in the last uh, in the spring, but they wanted to hurt. The other, they wanted to hurt them, and you know what? Burnley got relegated. So to them, I think that that 25 million pounds was absolutely worth it. 
and allowed them to go so into... So wait, all you're saying is that they pay $25 million just to get Burnley relegated? It's a huge factor, and I think that was a, because look what Chris Wood was able to, you know, has, has always done there. He, you know, he caused a nuisance and created havoc, and he was a strong presence up front. And Newcastle came in and said, we are looking, you know, we're currently getting relegated. We want to push somebody else down. And then they went out and bought Walt Weghorst, where he didn't do a whole lot there. He only had a couple goals in the in the spring. And uh, that's I really think it helped them out. But that's besides the point. And then you've got like Nick Pope, and who's, you know, he's he did shit for England there the last couple of games. But he's Everyone been does. good, great for the team. Yeah. Uh, except for Pickford. Except for Pickford, he's the only player that I can say that really steps up. He's the reverse. Yeah. So, you know, what what do we think about what are, you know, what who we're going to attack? What are, you know, what's going to happen? Well, I think that it, all the linchpin is Bruno Gimmerich. And if we're able to work uh, and push him off the ball, it's only going to help us because I think Miggy's been feeded and is only successful because he's had that gelled um, and that uh, that team that team player uh, work between Bruno and Bruno is the guy to to focus on. And so we need to double team him with Lianco and Chalatsar then. Just get, uh, no, get the big guns out. No, but I do think Lianco could fight uh, a good fight against Joe Linton. Um, he's a Ooh, much yes. larger player. Yes, and so it's big on big where. Miggy is not – Lianco would get picked by Miguel Amaran just because of the size and, and the shiftiness like he did with Zaha. I think that's – and I think Salisu and Chaleta Sar can take Callum Wilson out. And I think, that you know, there is a chance, but you're going to have somebody come in with a fantastic game, and that's going to be Trippier or – who knows? Sven Botman, who they bought now uh, over this over the offseason, could just come through and just dominate uh, the back line and score a header on a corner kick that we're going to look like shit on. So, oh, don't say that. Uh, all in all, lots going on for them, and there's a reason that they are successful. I think they will finish in a European place, uh, albeit I think it's going to probably be like seventh and get that Euro- Europa Conference League. They'll slow down towards the end of the year, but... Uh, nonetheless, this is going to be a really tough game, and let's hope that they get delayed in their travels from coming all the way down from Newcastle. So, how are we going to, uh, you know, how are we going to slot in? How are we going to go uh, go through? I know you mentioned uh, ABK and then Lavia, you know, and Lavia coming back. If Lavia is healthy, he should go right back into the lineup. Seems if, healthy if he's playing yep. today. If Belakachuk can play, he should go right back into the lineup. And then the only question mark then is what do you, what do you do with right back? Um, to me, I don't know. Um, is Lianco the guy? Well, if Lianco's the guy, then I hope you you match him up against Joel Linton because yes, I do they're too. fiery. And that's and the reason is is Lianco can take out a guy who is a bigger, stronger player. Um, I feel more confident in that than if he was a than he was matched up against uh, Alan Saint Maximin or Miguel Amaron. I just really think that. Because he got picked by Zaha, and that's just gonna, they're gonna see that and say, okay, they're gonna go after Leonco that way. But Joe Linton's not gonna outbruise Leonco. Nobody can outbruise Brian. No, that I, I really want to see that. I really want to see yeah. it. That's exciting stuff. And I'll be right there as well, because uh, Joe Linton will be, will be running down my side of the pitch in the first half. So mm-hmm. that would be nice to see. Just incidentally, by the way, um, do you know the uh, Saints B score? Because uh, they won eight one. Really? That's called taking out your pain on, uh, uh, yeah. on, the, on, 
on on your little brother. Looks You're beating like, him up on Madden or looks FIFA. Looks like we have a new goal scorer because Theo Walcott scored a hat trick, Kevin. I'm not joking. Um, and Sekumara scored four, <laughs> and Lewis Payne got the other. Maybe we should start with that team against Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. We always talk about five aside. Who's going to be who's going to yeah. be your team? Um, so. I mean, you look at five aside, and Nick Pope's really solidified. So, do you want do you want Pope or Bazunu? And I'm to gonna me, take, I'm going to take Bazunu. Yeah, I think I was. That's why I was going to say I'm going to take Bazunu, not for the fact that you know, Pope's a better shot stopper, but in a five aside, you want guys who might be a little bit better with their feet. And I don't trust Pope uh, very much. He's a an old school guy. Who my reasoning is, is far more simple. It's just that I want more Newcastle players outfield. Yeah, that, that's also a good. That's also a good one too. So uh, then, who do you got? I've got Trippier, easy. Yep. Um, I've got probably Kyle Walker, Peters, uh, Bruno Gimmerish, and then I thought about Isak, but uh, I think at least right now Isak's out injured for a while. So let's go with Callum Wilson up top. Or or you're going to take Al- you're going to take Almiron. Or you could take well, not Almiron. I think it could be a fluke, but so you could take Saint Maximan, Saint Maximan, because a five-a-side team, that guy is just completely crazy and all over the ball and all yeah, flair. Yeah, I'll, Ma- I'll take Sam Maximan. I'll take um, yeah. Kyle Walker Peters. I'll take Kyle Walker Peters mm-hmm. and Bazunu as my defensive Saints players, and I'll take Max, Sam Maximan, Callum Wilson, and Bruno. Easy. Mm-hmm. No trip. No trip here. No trip here. No, no, no room for him. Um. Okay. Right. Uh. Predictions. Kevin, you're up first. Ah. Fuck. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it. We're going to lose. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Newcastle are just on t- too good for them, and we're not on good enough for them. Even if Lavia gets in, I don't see him drilling that quickly. Um, yeah, 2-0. 2-0 home loss. I think we're going to get pumped, like, 4-1. Uh, I really do not think. I think we'll we'll look good for maybe 20 or 30 minutes of the game, but anyhow, we'll out tact- tactically outfit um us in comparison so I think it's gonna I think we're gonna get pumped for one I really do uh I'm gonna go the complete opposite Saints gonna win this game it's gonna happen Saints have been on the back foot before and how many times have we written them off like that Newcastle sorry that Arsenal game I was thinking we're gonna get absolutely hammered here and we turned it around I just think we're gonna start really well and we're gonna get a nice early goal and I think we're going to shut them out. I think we're going to surprise everyone here. Um, Newcastle would do a loss. They might overlook us. I, I honestly truly believe that we're going to beat them. I feel so confident on that as well. So I'm going to go for a 1-0 Saints win. Sounds great. Would, would love that. I'd love to see the, the look on Eddie Howe's first lips. Oh, yeah. I'm just I'm trying. I'm, I'm willing this into, into existence. This is going to happen. I really believe this. Yeah. Come on, Saints. We can do this. Discord then. Uh, two movers up the table. Both Kurt Supple and Dan Fox went for 1-0 Palace wins. Um, and as a result, there's a new leader at the top. Dan Fox now leapfrogs Colt Baker to the top spot on 24 points. Uh, Kev, you've got 20. I'm on 18 and Tim is at the bottom on eight. Tim. Tim has just run away, by the way. But just before I'm about to uh, announce the, the, the tables of the discord. So uh, boo, Tim. Everybody point and laugh at him. Uh, Super six <laughs> then. Uh, round 17 uh, was won by Stephen Allen. On 16 points. Uh, round 18 is still live, but at the moment, uh, Steve Franklin is leading on nine. Overall lead at the moment, which is live still, uh, it's Kevin Jewell still on 179. Uh, Fantasy Football Kev, how did it go this week? Did you get your captain sorted out? Yeah, I captain Tarland, even though. You <laughs> Me know, too. He probably wasn't, <laughs> wasn't going to be playing, but I thought if he is, um, yeah, same you, know, you have to captain. 
I did it because I thought everyone was going to take him out and not captain him. So I thought if there's a chance that he does play, uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do it and maybe leapfrog a few people. Um, the question is next week, though, is he going to be starting next week? Because he's still he's still carrying that knock. I don't know. Yeah. Who's your vice? Um, well, I have got Son, who's going to move to what, four points. He didn't do that well. But again, next week. I have had to change it up because Son's not on form. So I've given I've given it to uh, to Anthony as the vice next week. Well, this week um, it should switches to Almer and they picked up twelve, so that's that's quite a good call for me. Well done, yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, but Trippier, me, and De Bruyne all picked up eleven, and Almer only got twelve. So very pleased. Oh, you got De Bruyne as well. Yeah. If it's not one, it's the other, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, next week I've picked up Callum Wilson, so. Uh, yeah, oh. maybe, I'll cap- maybe I'll captain him. Yeah, do that, because I still think we're going to win one now, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, only if we win, uh, you know, I'm pleased. And uh, if Wilson scores a hat-trick and I've made him captain, well, you know, kind of softens the blow a little bit, doesn't it? I have benched Prousey for next week, and I've brought on all my Newcastle players. I've got Dan Byrne and Kieran Trippier in, so. I had to get rid of Prousey. I just, I just couldn't hold on to him any longer. Sad mm-hmm. to say. Yeah, I'm thinking um, about it. He's only getting picking up two points a game, isn't he? So. Yeah. Not even scoring, not really getting assists either. So. Sad. Um. Yeah. That, so at the moment, I'm 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 top of the pod, league. Applaudable. Well done. And um. Yeah, I'm slowly climbing back up the ranks of our big league. Um, ninth. No, I'm uh twenty uh forty second now. Okay. Slipped down. Looking better. No, I was doing doing all right. I slipped right down. Yeah. Well, it looks like um, Lucy Hynett's off the top of the league now. and um, She was Marion last week. Eiling, Allen. Yeah, but she slid down. She's now 10 points behind um, Marlon Ailing Allens. She only picked up 35 points this week, Kev. So, yeah. You're not that far behind her. Yeah, what's happened to her? She captained Harland as well, if that helps. Yeah, Salah Vice. Um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, second, uh, Chris Ambridge. Where am I? OK, yeah, as usual, uh, one free guess on the first clue. Are you ready? Yes. This stadium is located 74 miles from St. Mary's. Five points. You're at Vicarage Road. My goodness. No. <laughs> no, that's a good guess. Um, clue two for four points. Uh, in the West... Of the City of London for four points. Few there, aren't there? Next clue. Yeah, yeah, on. Currently competing in the Championship and is a walking distance to Shepherd's Bush. Um, yeah, I think I've got a guess. Oh, you're going to go for it? Yeah. Okay. Is it QPR? It is QPR. Well done. Good stuff. Uh, clue four for two points. Uh, most notable rivalries with Chelsea and Luton, oddly enough. They've also got a rivalry with Stoke, which I can't quite figure out. Um, and, and Brentford closer than yeah, anyone else. Brentford as well, yeah. But the the fiercest rivalry apparently is with Chelsea. Um, yeah, I thought Brentford and Charlton, I guess, would have, and Fulham would have been around the same sort of place. But no, Chelsea and Luton are the fiercest rivals. Uh, clue five: nickname Rangers, uh, and have recently released Charlie Austin to Brisbane with a capacity of eighteen and a half thousand. I am at Loftus Road. It is Loftus Road. There's no sponsorship for that. So, it yeah. is, it would be the win.com stadium. But yes, anyway, that is it for this week. Uh, and next week, uh, we will go over the Newcastle game and prepare for both 
Sheffield Wednesday and Liverpool before that uh, World Cup break. So uh, until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up at Southampton. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.